0: G'day everyone, Martin Lenahan with you for Rugby League Week's podcast this week, joined by Shane Bugden, Rocco Luca. Boys, let's get straight into the agenda this week. Joe Williams, former Rabido, he has thrown an absolute uh, rocket into Rugby League Week this week. We've all seen Colin Kaepernick from the 49ers uh, making his own silent protests at the National Anthem. Well, Joey Williams has come out and said he wants to see an Aboriginal player at the NRL Grand Final not stand for the anthem or as joe williams did himself stand across to one side jeez wouldn't this uh cause a stir boys if this was to happen at the grand final
1: yeah look i mean what a story to be honest um shocking claim um and it's just yeah it's coincided with what's going on at america it's actually gaining momentum by the week in the nfl and, and across other sports too um this protesting against the anthem look um He's in his right, and he's he was well within his right to, to make a claim like that. Um, our uh, our veterans fought for the right and the freedom to do what we we so feel that's right. And um, look, I, I I applaud him for that and coming out and making a stand. But I mean, it's just not the right forum to do so. I, a I bit of background think... there. Um, Joe Williams got an award. Shane got an Australia Day award in his
0: hometown of Wagga, and. Uh made a little protest there himself and uh, didn't stand up for the national anthem. Obviously, that caused a stir. I think the organiser said he should give it back, so he's pretty upset. Larry Corral, another famous Indigenous player, said if JT was to do something like this, imagine the the power in that statement. Colin Kaepernick's been getting death threats. It's a pretty big, uh, it's a big claim, big story.
2: Yeah, it's, it's, it's very forthright, and, you know, to be honest... What I hope doesn't happen is that the, that someone from the NRL sort of prefaces anything that happens on grand final day by saying that you can't do this. I mean, I think the players should have the scope to be able to demonstrate what they believe in by doing something like that if they so wish, even you know, regardless of whether people think that's the correct forum for it or not. Um, I mean, one of the things Joe Williams said is um, he says the players today need to take a a stance. They're only footballers for a short time, but they're blackfellas until the day that they die. So he obviously, you know, takes this right to heart. He he did get asked to give that award back after he decided not to stand for the anthem. But as he put it, he he views it as not so much disrespecting. The, the anthem of, of Australia, but more showing respect for his own people. Um, and I know this has got a lot of people's backs up if it did happen. I mean, last year we were in a situation with that grand final where, if memory serves correctly, it was the first time in a grand final that both captains uh, on the day were both of Aboriginal heritage, and that that was you know a very positive aspect for it, which was discussed before the game. But when you when you think about what Larry Corral says, the impact would be huge. Oh, massive, massive. Absolutely huge. And, you know, the one thing it would do is it would make people talk about the issues and no one can deny that, you know, there are huge and, and very, very, very harsh yeah, but issues it's, it's, surrounding it.
1: It's the biggest. it's the biggest day in our game all year and it'll just take away from the contest, I think. Should, yeah,
0: should we have it derailed by a protest like this? I mean, we've got the Indigenous All-Stars. It's been a fantastic concept. Look, as you said, Joey Williams got every right to his opinion. Sensational story, classic story there from Joe Williams. But uh, look, it really could overshadow the grand final if Jonathan Thurston, for example, was to do something like that. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And, and we'd, I mean, we wouldn't want to see that. I mean, imagine we get a game like last year, an absolute thriller, arguably the best grand final of all time. And I mean, and all we're talking about is what happened before kickoff. Yeah, I just would hate to have that taken away.
2: I actually, I actually disagree. I don't think. I think, especially if, if the player or players who who are keen to do this flag the fact that they were going to do it before the game so it didn't come as much of a surprise and everyone would sort of be you know, prepared for it, waiting to see it happen. But I think I think once it happens and once the ball gets kicked off, it, it would go to the back of everyone's mind. Sure, it would come up again after the game. I don't necessarily think it would take that, that much polish away from it and I think it would draw a lot of attention to an issue that needs to have a lot of attention but drawn to it. it.
1: But if it happened, if, if they announced it before kick-off, I mean, it'll don't you think it will dominate... The lead up to the week, which is also which is always a special week. Leading, I, in. I think
2: I think it would make it a different lead up to to any lead up you've ever had before. But I, I think the fact would still remain that yeah, while it would be a large facet of it, I don't think it would completely dominate it. I think you know the fact that we've been building towards this all season, even though that would be it would be up there as the most controversial thing that's ever been done in the lead-up to a grand final. But I don't necessarily think it would completely overshadow it, no.
0: Yeah, even more controversial than the big Optus TV uh, falling out of the sky, boys, I think. Uh, what about Colin Kaepernick? He's not just protesting because... Uh Jared Hayne left the 49 is he, Rocco?
1: <laughs> no, no. Um, might be part of it, but
0: no. Um, but he's copping a fair bit of heat, isn't he? And he, he? Is he the only bloke doing this? No,
1: like I said, I mean, it's he's, um, he's, he's getting more and more followers um, from a v- variety of codes in America that's following him, um, taking a stand, raising the fist. Um, he's protesting against social injustice in America, different different to what joe williams is talking about here um but he's definitely gaining momentum over there and it's definitely causing a massive stir and like you said before he's, de- he's getting death threats um he's also pledged a hundred thousand dollars per month for the next 10 months to charities that that ben- that help social injustice and uh yeah, prevent social uh, injustice we won't see an
0: nrl player forking out that sort of money unfortunately They don't quite have that cash boys all this talk about the uh NFL's got me thinking about the uh, the grand final. Now, every year in Rugby League, we talk about it a bit. Should it be taken to another venue? Is it time Queensland got to host the grand final? We're taking Origin to Perth. Now, last year, for me, we had an all-Queensland grand final at, uh, in Sydney, and it was the best atmosphere. It was easily as good as the Dogs and Souths the year before, two Sydney teams. So do we need to move this thing around, make it like Super Bowl in America, or are we just happy to leave it exactly where it is in Sydney every year?
2: I don't think you could you could... Do anything remotely like what they do in America, just because of you know the the concentration of uh, of the population in different parts of Australia and the sort of stadiums you'd uh, you have access to. I think you'd be doing yourself out of you know big crowds, and if you wanted to take advantage of. Uh you know, the cathedral or the uh the M C G that, that would be awful. I think if you're gonna take it anywhere there's only one place to take it and that's Sun And I'm not necessarily against having that happen. More as, you know, more than anything else as a as a bit of a mark of respect to um to you know how, how strong the game has always been in that part of the world.
0: Yeah, look, Queensland to to all intents and purpose, a lot of people would say is the capital of rugby rugby league now. I mean the capital in Australia, they've won All those Origin series in a row, the Broncos and the Cowboys have been up there again. But, you know, you could end up with this year maybe Cowboys and Storm playing at ANZ Stadium in Sydney. Is that going to be a a lesser atmosphere? Is that a game that would go off if it was played in Brisbane or or Melbourne? God forbid, a, a grand final in Melbourne?
1: Well, I mean, no, it wouldn't. I mean, anywhere you put the grand final, I'm of opinion that... It'll have the atmosphere, it'll have the buzz, um, and it'll make for a great contest. So you're
0: up for Super Bowl? Take it round. the country?
1: No, I I don't think we're equipped to to do what America does with the Super Bowl. I mean, we don't have the rectangular stadiums to accommodate. Um, I think anywhere in Australia, you take the NRL grand final, it'll be a sellout, and it's best played on a rectangular stadium. And bar Suncorp outside of New South Wales, we don't have another rectangular stadium that I I think that can accommodate that and do it justice. We, We just don't.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, same with Mount Smart. If you were to take it, decide to take it over to New Zealand for whatever reason, which is you know another thing that's been mooted with Origin from time to time, you know, I don't, I don't think that venue is is capable of doing it justice either. we would just yeah, be under the crowds check.
0: too much. We're putting eighty thousand. Yes. But pe- there was eighty thousand people at Cowboys Broncos, and as I said, the best atmosphere. Yes, we got a great game, but the crowd was there. The people will come from interstate. It's an event. We put it in a twenty-five, thirty thousand seat stadium just for the sake of showcasing the game around the country surely that's just wrong
1: yeah absolutely and i think we saw it in the a league um two seasons ago where they had to play they played the game at um at amy park and yeah it looked great but i mean what's the capacity there Thirty thousand. it just did it it was just an injustice there so i'm for the concept i think if we had the the stadiums to accommodate it would be great i mean we could plan trips around this all year round we could plan the weekend around it and i think it'd be a great concept but we just don't have the facilities to accommodate
0: can I just say, boys, if we're going to stay at ANZ, could they not run out of beer like they did at the uh, college football? You've know, got to be able to cater for 80000 Ran out of food, ran out of beer. Come on, let's get it right. If we're going to pack everybody into ANZ every year for the grand final, I'm, I'm all for staying in Sydney with it. But seriously, guys, ANZ Stadium, let's get it right.
2: Yeah, that becomes a, almost a crowd safety issue if you run out of beer <laughs> at the grand final and you end up with a whole bunch of angry people. We're talking about you know controversial things happening at the big game. And, uh Well, I'm not going to compare it to what Joe Williams is talking about. That would be, uh, yeah, one that would go down in the history books in a very, very bad way. It caused
0: a big stink at the uh, college gridiron, I can tell you about that. So, boys, let's move on, if we can. Jamal Idris. Now, a massive story about uh, big Jamal. He spent a year finding himself. He went overseas. He was a bit of a lost soul. He really didn't want to be involved in footy anymore. I guess we hear a lot about depression and the, the pressure on these guys in this environment. He took off. He's come back. Look, he put on a fair bit of weight, you'd imagine, while he was away. Is he going to be a good investment for a club next year? He says he's keen. We've heard about the Bulldogs. We've heard about Souths. We've heard about West Tigers. Rocco, where do you think he's going to go? And is he going to be a good investment for a club?
1: Well, um, I've spoken to the Mole this morning, and he's still of the opinion that the Dogs are right in the race, right, right at the front of the race for this, So um, for the for Idris. And look, if he goes there, if he goes to the Tigers, I mean, he's, he's a talent, no doubt. But if we remember when he left the game, he had his injury problems. He, I don't think he's put together a full season when he was playing and he was concentrated. Now he's had a year out of the game doing... Who knows if he's kept in shape. He's saying he's training the house down now, but, I mean, I don't think we can really trust him. Um, is he worth a punt, a one-year deal? Yeah, I think so, but... I mean, I really don't know what, what sort of coin can he ask for, Shane? What's he going to get?
2: I think you, you know, like Rocco said, there's there's so many unknowns about about you know his state of mind, um, his level of fitness, etc. And I mean, I, I tend to think that a year out of games not necessarily a bad thing because he hasn't been getting battered and hammered and putting all the loads on his body that you do when you play. But I think you'd be looking at you know off the top of my head I'd say you wouldn't go too far above the minimum that you could pay someone but then you get into the situation that you know if say for example if the dogs were to come over to him with that and then the tigers don't have to go up very far to, to pull the rug out from under him and uh, and get him over there so I wouldn't have thought that you'd be looking at, at a whole heap of money um, and that just goes down purely to the uncertainty. However, if he did play a year and he did fire, then you're know you you're looking at a guy who is capable of playing rep footy and should be played accordingly.
0: Yeah, for me, mate, even at 70%, I reckon he's worth a punt. He, he's a sensational player. If he's got his head right, talking about another bloke who uh, went overseas. Now, Todd Carney went to play over in uh, in Super League, of course, to get his head right. We all know about his dramas. It just was a long line of... Uh, Problems when he played in Australia, although he did win a Dally M when he, was, uh, when he was playing well. Now, Rocco, the, uh, the Red V, the Dragons, they're losing Benji Marshall, an ageing playmaker. Todd Carney's 30. Yeah, they look like they're very keen to pick him up. Is that, uh, is that too much of a risk for them?
1: Yeah, look, we broke this story on the website yesterday. Um, he will be arriving in Sydney this week, and, and reports are that he will be meeting with the Dragons, who are keen. Look, he's sturdy. He managed twenty five games in two seasons in the Super League. So he's
0: barely played at all.
1: He hasn't. He he's hasn't. Fresh as. But the games he has played, he has done really well over there, and um, there's no doubting his talent. I'm for this. I think the Dragons need something. The Dragons fans need a, a signing, a name to come over, um, and I definitely think he's worth a punt. He's a creative spark. I think he will complement up well um, on his day. Um, the injuries are the biggest worry for me. Not not as so much off field behaviour but it's it's more the injuries. He needs to go undergo a, a, a comprehensive medical and if they think he's right, I think this is a good move for Saints.
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think he's such a different player to Benji that, you know, the increase in age doesn't hurt him as much as it does Benji. He's more of an organiser. He's got a far better kicking game. He's got good width and, and, and good selection with his passing and he'll let Widdup play like, like a true 5'8 rather than having a side that looks like they have two blokes trying to do the same job. So... You know, always, you know, an element of risk attached, sure. But, you know, hopefully older and wise, and I agree with Rocco, 100% worth having a crack at.
0: Now, boys, talk to me about a bloke who, uh, no question about this guy's form, Jason Taumalolo. Look, he got a perfect 10 in Rugby League Week ratings, the only rating system that rates every single player in the team out of 10. I'll put my hand up. I was the bloke that gave him a 10. I thought he was absolutely unbelievable in that game. It went 90 minutes. He made the charge that set up the play for JT to win the game.
1: What do we reckon, boys? Uh, the 10 out of 10. I can see Rocco. He doesn't look happy with that call. Look, um, no doubt he was sensational. Uh, best player on the park for the 80 minutes. Then JT took over an extra time. But um, I just hold a 10 in such high esteem. Um, I'd cast my mind back to Joey in origin. Look, I, don't, I just don't think he was a 10. Um, he had one error, which I think has to go against him if I'm being pedantic. So, I mean, nine, nine and a half.
0: So Nadia Comaneci was the only... uh, She got a 10. Boys, come on. He was absolutely unbelievable. JT got a 9. He was incredible as well. Now, Shane, I know you wanted to mention Cooper Cronk, the man who plays his 300th game this weekend. He got a 10 off our esteemed uh, judge Joel Gould up there in Brisbane, when he uh, when he tore the Broncos apart, what about uh, what about that one?
2: I actually I actually agree with the one that you gave out, and I disagree with the one that Joel gave out because I think that one thing has to be taken into account is the the strength of the opposition he's playing against and the uh, the stature of the game. And you know the Broncos, you know even though I said I wouldn't put five cents on them in last week's podcast, shows you how much I know. Bronco. they, yeah, they, 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 they came up massive, and you know that's a do or die game. Um, and you know, regardless of the fact that he did make the error, whereas Cooper Cronk was playing against a Brisbane side, that lost blokes early and they had a glaring weakness on one of their flanks and he exploited it yeah, he exploited put it, it magnificently night he wasn't he wasn 't up against the same level of competition so earlier this year when Dylan napper single handedly took apart the south 's pack and batted everyone on the field. his last name ended with uh, his last name was Burgess. You know, I, I gave the marks out for that game and I copped a bit of stick because I didn't give him a 10. But I, again, went into the strength of the opposition. That game was mainly based around his defence. And while Tao Malolo obviously is, is you know, exceptional with the ball in his hand, he also pulled off 28 tackles in that game. So, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I thought, you know, the the one true 10 that I've seen this year was the one that got handed out last week.
0: OK, so we can argue about the 10, Rocco. So he wants to have another go.
1: I just... I just think a playmaker has to do more to get a 10, and it's a, a 10 for a playmaker is more valuable than, say, an edge runner like Tom Malolo, who can hit the line and, and make a few tackles. Um, yeah, he was sensational, but I just, I don't know, I place more value in a 10 from a playmaker. And
0: backs have had a lot more 10s over the years. Been about 25 of these handed out. ever This started in 1971, so very few forwards. Terry Randall, Paul Gallon, Bruce Walker have got them. A lot more backs have got them, so... Rocco, you're not going to argue with me. I'm going to say right now Jason Lolo is the best forward in the world. If he's not, who the hell is?
1: No, I, I'm not going to argue with, it, with you on that. I mean, I think it'll be too hard because given what he's done this year, I mean, he's only 23 as well. Incredible. It is. I mean, I think I think the uh, the only guy who's getting close to
2: him this year would be uh, Jesse Bromwich, and even he hasn't, hasn't quite done what, what Jason's been able to do this year. He's... One of a kind and not done yet.
0: He's won the Players' Champion Award for the RLPA. He's won our Rugby League Week Player of the Year Award. Sensational, only the third Cowboy to do that after uh, JT and Matty Bowen tied for it in 2007. Can he top it off by taking out the Dally M next week, boys?
2: I don't think so. I think Hodgson will probably take that out, to be honest with you. and that to, to my mind, just looking at the way that that award's gone in the past, it's a bit more like what Rocco was talking about. Before the guys, you get the ball in their hands and, and direct play and set plays up. And even though he's not in the halves for Canberra, he, doesn't, he does a hell of a lot of that for them and does it exceptionally well. So I, I still... Think that he'll get up there.
1: Yeah, I'll 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 say um yeah Hodgson's up there. If not Hodgson, I'd say Cooper Cronk. Um, looking at his stats, he scored over ten tries, had over twenty try assists. I mean that's that's sensational in a team where he also shares the duties with another dominant player in Cameron Smith. I mean. I can't speak enough about Cooper, who will be playing 300 games this week. Um, so congrats to him. So I'll be happy to see either of those boys win it.
0: I'll stick my neck out, boys, and go with uh, my man Jason Tamalolo to take home the Dally M. And while we're at it, I might uh, jump on him to win the, the Clive Churchill as well. So talking about Jason Malolo and his mate JT, three JTs in the Cowboys team, let's quickly get on to those uh, the weekend games. The preliminary finals, always a sensational weekend. So much on the line. Kick it off with uh, Malolo's Cowboys team coming down to Sydney. Are they going to be just too knackered after what what they went through last weekend at home, 90 minutes to get past the Broncos? Or can Jonathan Thurston uh, come off the canvas, out of the hospital bed again, as he did last week, and get them home?
2: Yeah, this is such a tough one to tip. I mean, I think both things are, you know, very, very even, you know, in terms of what, what could happen there. But just... If, if it gets down to the wire, and every chance that it will, I'll, I'll tip the side with JT. And it basically, you know, him, him being that the difference between the two and the fatigue and everything will definitely count. But I think if there's one team with a guy who, who can bring them up and help them overcome that, then it's North Queensland.
1: Yeah, look, I've got question marks on North Queensland. I mean, I don't remember seeing a more bruising game than that. That was Origin like, and the fact that it went 90 minutes at that intensity. And they, they travelled to Melbourne the week before had to travel to Townsville now back to Sydney, I mean they're only human right so the Sharks are well rested they get Gallen back but I mean they're notorious for choking. What at about this their stage. record, boys? Yeah. In
0: preliminary finals, I've got it right here in front of us. 2008, they lost 28 nil to Melbourne. They lost one in '02 to the Warriors. They won to Newcastle 99 to the Dragons, 96 to Manly, 98 to Balmain. Please tell me that doesn't uh, play in their minds a little bit. I know the players will say there's a lot of young guys. None of that means anything. But your history of your club, Shane, surely, as you would know, is a great Rabbitohs man. They waited 43 years to pre- break their drought. Surely it plays on your mind.
2: I don't know. I mean, I know as a supporter it obviously does. But when you've got a record like that, I mean, that that's, that that's you start to wonder whether, you, whether your home ground's built on an old Indian burial ground or something <laughs> like that, and you Curse. you're just cursed. It's... um. It's God, I don't know. I'll keep on flashing back to some of the some of the losses South had when they were trying to get into those finals, and you do start to feel like you kind of do. Sydney a as well. I mean, North Sydney. there is some yeah, curses yeah, there, very, very famously. But um, I don't know. All these things always come to an end, you know, sooner or later. And I don't, I don't see that as a reason why they can't get up.
0: What about curses? You want to talk about curses? The the Cowboys before they got through last year had all those famous. They had the seven-tackle game against Cronulla. They had the hand of God with Kieran four, and one of the worst decisions ever. They came back from about 30 nil down against the Roosters the next year, and JT looked like he'd won in the game, was called for a knock-on. It was a knock-on. But they must have started to believe that they had a bit of a curse on them as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, to touch on another curse, no team's gone back-to-back in over 20 years. So, I mean, I don't know where that sits on their minds. They have, They said all year they see that as motivation, and... Yeah, the Broncos
0: in 92-93. So if the Cowboys can get there, it would be astonishing. For me, you, you touched on it perfectly, Shane. I'll take JT over CT in the halves in the other team. Chad Townsend at a shocker in Canberra. Mate, there's going to be huge pressure on him and James Maloney. Yes, James Maloney's tough, but I'm sorry. For me, Jonathan Thurston, Michael Morgan, playing off the back of that pack. If they can stay close and the game's on the line as Thurston showed last week, I think everyone agreed that 90 minutes was a sensational concept as opposed to Golden Point, it was brilliant. But, jeez, it must have absolutely taken so much out of the Cowboys. And that's the, the question mark on them.
2: Yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, the, and the other thing about Cronulla is that they've showed that they can either, you know, leap out to a, to a big score on you early and then defend that, or that they have the strike power that if the Cowboys come out hard and then sort of wilt a bit later in, on in the match, that they they can catch up and, and then get ahead of you. They're, they're quite a versatile side. They don't really have to play the same way all the time, and I think that's a huge string to their bow, but I stick by what I said before. I think in a game where everything is, is, is that level, that extra touch that JT brings to it will be the what separates them.
1: I just want to put this, um, and just as a side note in this game, if the Cowboys do do the Sharks, do the Cowboys players give Michael Ennis a send-off? <laughs> uh, Michael
0: Lennon, yeah, you'll get a send-off, all right, but it won't be a, a nice tunnel form for him like Sam Perrott got. This is the interesting thing about Cronulla. you know, The NRL advertising at the moment is a lot around, Our oh, Sydney people, they're the only Sydney team. Get behind them. They want you to support your own team all year. It's all very tribal. Get on board your own side. And then, oh, there's no Sydney teams. I'll go for Cronulla. Please, we're not going to go for a team. Michael Lennis, Andrew Fafida, they've spent weeks and months annoying the hell out of people. Michael Ennis, yes, you will get a send-off, but it might not be the nicest one that, uh, that some of the other players have gotten.
2: Yeah, and I mean, you know, people at Cronulla are kidding themselves if they think the whole of Sydney's going to swing behind them if they do make the grand final. I mean, if there was one team that fit that bill in the eight this year, it would have been Penrith. I think everyone would have swung behind because of the style of football they play. There's just there's just that you know that sort of aura about the club. I'm not going to say that they're manly, but it's kind of manly-like. It's a mixture of, you know, either apathy or a little bit of you know, Opposition to them, and no doubt so a lot of people will be pulling for them to finally get up and, and break that premiership drought. But um, I think this, this whole, you know, they're all going to swing behind us thing is a furfy.
0: Yeah, I think Canberra's another team that if they can make the grand final, there'll be a lot of emotional support for them, I think. And let's speak about them making the grand final or getting railroaded by a Melbourne storm Saturday night. What's going to happen down there at AAMI Stadium? Canberra did beat these guys in round 23, they threw the ball around from the kickoff, they scored after 48 seconds completely threw Melbourne off kilter, same thing as Brisbane did to him in round 25. Is that kind of thing going to work
1: in a prelim final? Can they just come out and start throwing the ball around willy-nilly? No, they can't. Um, not against this Melbourne side and not on this stage. Um, if we cast our minds back to last year, Melbourne dropped the prelim final and convincingly, mind you, uh, A Craig Bellamy side would have learnt from that. Uh, they would have hurt from that. And against pretty much a rookie Raider side in terms of finals they're not going to drop this game um, you'll see arguably the most professional performance of the year in this game and the Raiders will, uh, the Storm will win this
2: I don't see how they have any choice other than to throw the kitchen sink at, uh, at the Storm and don't die wondering this has happened to the Storm before when they got ambushed by the Warriors down there I think it was 2011 when the Warriors got through and, you know, that was on the back of, you know, playing creative football and, and asking as many questions as you possibly can. And I think if they go down there and they try to match Melbourne at their own game, they're stuffed. Um, even though they did defend their way to a, to a, that victory in round 23, they they... they aimed up in defence towards the end of it and preserve the lead. But I think if they go down there and they leave anything in the tank, they'll, they'll be kicking themselves for years to come.
0: Yeah, they can't get in the grind with Melbourne. Ricky Stewart, I've got to say this week, has been fantastic. Said all the right things, got up on presentation night, told them they're going to win the comp. Thought it was a private speech. Then he got rung up by the journos the next day and said it all again. He's got into the refs about, you know, don't come in the ruck and scrag us like Cronulla did. We don't want to play the game in an octagon. Of course he wants an entertaining game, a fast game. That's the only way they can win. He has said all the right things to this Canberra side. Shane, you're absolutely right. They've got to go down and play their game. If they get in a grind with Melbourne, it's all over. They will get wrestled. They'll get their heads ripped off. You know, they will just be grapple tackles left, right and centre. Melbourne will control the ruck. They've got to play a game, Canberra, that suits them. Joey Leilua might go for a couple of less offloads. though. he threw the ball around like a, a madman last week, but that is how they play. And that is how you unsettle Melbourne.
2: Yeah, I completely agree. And thanks for the, the grapple tackle mentions there. I think if Craig Bellamy ever listens to this podcast, we won't be getting a single interview out of the store <laughs> next year.
0: Well, you know, look, as everybody also says, they just do it better than everyone else. They're not breaking the rules. They're just doing it better. So look, we'll see on Saturday night whether that is the case again. So boys, very quickly... From those two prelim finals, Rocco, who plays in the grand final?
1: Cowboys, Storm.
2: Yeah, Cowboys, Storm, and uh, I think the Cowboys to win the comp.
0: All right, I'm going to have to say exactly the same, boys. Cowboys, Storm in the Super Bowl. Oh, sorry, the uh, (laughs) NRL grand final. Still at ANZ Stadium. The beer won't run out. The pies won't run out on the 2nd of October. It'll be a cracking game, whichever one of these teams is in there. That's it, boys, for the uh, Rugby League Week podcast for this week. And don't forget, guys, you can subscribe to us now on iTunes and your favorite podcasting app.